Hello, and welcome back to the GM screen. I'm your co-host, Alex. I'm Matt. And I'm Robert. There was originally a bit here, but it was terrible and has since been destroyed. And we're all very sorry. I'm sorry, personally. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the GM screen. I am, as always, your co-host, Alex. Joined... (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm your co-host, Matt. There you go. I'm your third co-host, Robert. And we're doing our three, our second part of our three-part series on that guy. Yes. Last episode, we were discussing the concept of the murder hobo, a player that generally doesn't really give a crap about their character or anything they're doing. Hey, you didn't use any problematic language to describe him this time. And that was Banished to the Shadow Realm, okay? Yeah, we're not talking about that. Yeah, that was uh, awful. Well, I we are apologize talking... for a thing you didn't hear. <laughs> what we are talking about this episode is individual problem players. As opposed to uh, the murder hobo situation, where it tends to be the group turning to problematic uh, murder you know, for the campaign instead of like social uh, norms behavior. <laughs> yeah, if anything, this is sort of the opposite problem because a murder hobo doesn't care about their character. Now we're worried about people who get way too invested in their character, usually in incredibly terrifying and cringy ways. We can be anything from uh, invest in their character's power and progression to invest in their character's description. Story. A, yeah, they're invested in their character's 12-page backstory about how they became a half-kitsune assassin monk. Their sexual predilections. Oh, that's going to be the big one. Uh, should we probably preface this now, just throw out that there's probably going to be a lot of uncomfortable sex talk in this episode? No, there's going to be a bunch of talk about uncomfortable sex talk. <laughs> This will also have the explicit tag on it when it goes live, so you you have all been warned beforehand. Wasn't we're that gonna already talk- there? Because we say fuck a lot. <laughs> you know what? We're going to talk about talking about fucking today. It's not going to be the episode where we discuss in depth how to talk about talking about fucking, but we are going to talk about not talking about talking about fucking. Yeah, that episode will have to happen. My I don't life want needs it. subtitles. Yeah. Alright, so let's go ahead and jump in on the first... Uh... It's just going to say, uh, like, pontificates a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one we're going to talk about is players who care about their progression too much? Uh, sure, let's start there. So um, this would almost... It's not quite a subset of the murder hobo, because they have to deal with the rest of the party. But there are characters who are kind of obsessed with their character's build over... Uh, say, their character's interaction with everyone else at the table or anyone else in the world, uh, they tend towards murder-hoboing, and we've kind of talked about how to how to resolve that. But uh, I think the big thing for them is if somebody shows up at your table with, like, a, I don't know, a, a 12-page printout explaining their stat and feat progression for the next 27 levels uh, for the campaign you've been planning to run for maybe two weeks... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're probably going to get really upset when a crocodile eats their leg. Like, <laughs> Can I be honest? I feel like I am absolutely this person. Like, the mm-hmm. amount of times I have picked a character and been like, oh man, when I hit level 9, knowing full well that this game will never meet after the summer. So it's not... You're allowed to have a build plan. But when it's the core focus of your entire engagement with the game is when it becomes a problem. Okay. Yeah. If, okay. if you can't accept things that happen in the game because they have a negative impact on your proposed build, you're a problem player. If you okay. lose a hand and pitch a fit because he can't be an archer anymore. Instead of becoming, uh, I believe his name is Jamie Lannister, that 
That boy you, you love so much? Shut up about my beautiful golden lion. I don't want to talk about it. All Didn't right, he cool. suck for like five seasons? He's Yeah, but he has a character progression. But then they stop. Or so it was explained to me. <laughs> oh. I think he's actually a character in a book. I don't know what you're talking about. Hmm. Oh. So. Okay, so Swaga is sobbing quietly. <laughs> I'm so unhappy. Uh, <laughs> uh, I feel like I have to watch this last season just to see why everyone is so full of hate. I mean, Man, I don't, I don't, but I'm really enjoying it. I don't hate it, this. and I don't even dislike it. I'm just... I don't know. Whatever. Let's get back fun, to it. Fun story, this is not a Game of Thrones podcast, unlike every other podcast. That's, well... We're also probably dating ourselves, because this will not be up for another, like, two months. Let's shut up. Well, Swaga's gonna be sad about it forever. I'm gonna be sad about it Oh, forever. yeah. People will never stop being upset. We still the bitch books, about Lost. The books... <laughs> the, the last book isn't coming out anytime soon. I feel wait, like wait, wait. it's still relevant. Maybe my boy that sentence had too, ma- too, too many words. <laughs> You're not getting a book seven. I'm sorry. I'm, mm, anyway. Not, okay, so, uh, bashing this series that... Only one of us pays attention to. <laughs> it's has, fine. Has happened for long enough, uh, and we need to talk about. It's for the SEO. Just let it happen. Characters. <laughs> uh, we need to talk about characters that exist in a world but are not part of the same world that everyone else is playing in. Um, we've talked. I've I've played with people who get really invested in, say, hit points as meat points, and then if something bad happens to their character, uh, they can't. You know what? This is going to apply to almost every single one of the tropes. It's It deals a lot with people who can't deal with consequences occurring to their character, whether through their own fault or through random chance. Let's be honest, mostly through their own fault. Yes. Yeah. If It's people who do something wrong... Uh, or dumb. Or, or, do, or dumb, or something in general that uh, decreases the enjoyment of everyone else at the table, uh, and then complain when in some way they are censured. Whether it's in-game or out-of-game because somebody has asked them to please, please, please shut up about the kitsune. <laughs> and this I'm thing... not saying you can't play a kitsune. I'm playing in a game right now with a dude who's playing a kitsune. And uh, it's pretty great. And does this apply to people, like, I think we've touched on it before, people that throw fits when they're just when their character's affected and not the entire party, or... Like, I remember a situation in a Dark Heresy game where we were trying to advance up a staircase and there was a machine gun at the top of it, mm-hmm. and one of the players decided to walk up the staircase shooting without any cover and got half his face blown off, and was quite upset, and I believe quit the session for the duration. Hey, in Dark Heresy, having uh, half a face is a blessing. In his defense, I believe he was 11. He was 11, <laughs> but it was the... It was the, the yeah, the, no, that's the... The that's character the or the player? Because they both upset me. The, the player. player. Uh, but it was the example I thought of of someone doing something less sem- less than optimal, mm. getting punished for it because they thought it would be cool for their character to do, and then pitching a fit because of it. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. I think there's two two aspects of the answer to that. One is tonal, because uh, there's a lot of things that are very cool but don't work within the mechanics of a game. Uh, so you have to kind of discuss that sort of thing with the with the... DM beforehand, like, uh, or the DM beforehand. Like, if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons and you want to play a guy who's doing the, uh, was it an Italian or a French fighting school where they had, like, a jacket over one arm that they just used to trap blades? Oh, I know of it. I couldn't tell you. I'm, my money's on French. Okay. Uh, well, it's called Cape and Sword. Yeah, Cape and Sword. Well, if you. Why were y'all hanging out with an 11 year old? 
Well, it was. This was. You're what? gonna ask too many questions that are gonna require me to actually out who this person is. And it was, but the important thing is that we were like 15. Okay. That's yeah, better. I was like yeah. 10, 12 years ago. Also, I've run uh, Dungeons and Dragons for children all the time. I was gonna say As like community engagement. So. In my brain, this happened like in the past year or two, and I'm like, no. well, that's bullcrap. Why wasn't I invited? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I destroyed the uh, destroyed the recording. Again. Yeah, you can see the exact moment. Yeah, because that man, Swaga's heart is split in two. We're making Swaga so sad today. Um, <laughs> Mostly you. I'm actually doing okay. To today. be fair, he did eventually accept. He that did accept that consequence, but I think if you're uh, there, are two answers to that. One is that if someone's invested in their character enough that the consequences happening to their character upset them, that's a good role player. That's someone who's in the game and who cares. If it upsets them enough that like they're throwing hands at the table uh or like screaming insults and they can't separate the game from reality then it's a problem yeah after a point like i think we've had you know several dozen dungeons and dragons related fistfights you did yeah that kind of calmed down when uh, i showed up you showed up yeah yeah Yeah. i just sort of leave before it gets that bad because whenever that happens let's be real you're probably playing at like a game store somewhere no Oh dear! Yeah, that happened at uh, my kitchen table game many a time. I was gone the session that my college game descended into wrestling. But um, it look, this is an emotionally charged game. If you're doing it right, this is an emotionally charged game where people have a lot of investment in the story and the outcome of their actions. Uh, if somebody does something that seems like a good idea to them, but has bad consequences and you have to make sure that like they understood what they were doing and they because sometimes it's sometimes it is the GM's fault like they won't uh, they won't mention something or they will, they'll think they explained that like uh, that action is almost certainly lethal yeah well not even that that action is almost certainly lethal but they'll think that they remembered to explain that there's no cover on the left uh, <laughs> and a bunch of guys with bows and then you'll still like but the character will only re- the player will only remember that you said they were in a mostly a, like an area filled with rocky outcropping, so they'll think they can creep forwards. This is why you have to be super descriptive about what you're doing, so then the GM can go, "Wait, that's not there." Yeah, that's no, true. You, you've described an incorrect thing, sir. Get yo MC Escher description the fuck out of here and let me play my game again. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes people make choices; those choices are bad, even with all the information they have, and bad things happen to them. It's normal to be upset by this. It's normal to uh, to want to have had something else happen, but you have to, as a player, accept after you know a few minutes of like going through the stages of grief. You have to accept that the thing happened and move on. And I think the the key difference between um, a, that guy situation and a normal player situation is the player will be upset for like emotional reasons because they have a bunch of memories and stuff tied up in that character, and it's sad they're dead. Whereas a, that guy situation will be upset that the mechanical competency of that character is gone. The mechanical competency or the vehicle through which they explored um, their weird sexual mores or... Uh, not that... not that We're not kink-shaming. Just don't do it at the table unless you've discussed it beforehand. That's its um, own episode. Moving on. Yeah. Um, there are entire forums for that. Yeah, there are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, ERPs are real. Just go check that shit out. <laughs> um... Like they they are they're losing everyone's losing something when their character dies. Uh, that guy is the person who takes it out on everyone else. Right. I listening to this. I start. I'm starting to worry. I have some kind of like death wish. 
Because I've definitely had characters that have done terrible things and died immediately, and it does nothing to me. You get tired of characters faster than anybody I've ever met. God, yeah, I go wild. through them, like, immediately. Yeah, you'll just be like, oh, this guy's pretty fun. I'm done with him, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, Can we kill him? No, he's, like, an important part of the story. I'll play someone else, then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least some of the time I'm making it work. And yeah. also, in the 5v game, you keep telling us to make more characters, and I am. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And then uh, in the Dark Heresy one, I made an entire plot point that my bizarre con artist dude just disappeared off the face of the earth. It makes sense. I'm not upset with you for doing it uh, because you put a lot of effort into it and make sure that it works in the story. Yeah, because... I don't just write a new dude. Yeah. I mean, I do, but there's a thing. But, like, just as, like, a, a fellow human being and role player, it weirds me the fuck out. Like, I run my characters into the ground. I play them until they are dead or retired. Yeah, I've been playing Eli... I've had Eli stored in the back uh, burner for what years now? Yeah, we'll get we'll and we'll get back to him. God bless him, dog. Um, I get bored in the middle of emails. Okay, I can't keep my character running for months. <laughs> I've had. Why do you think I don't read the show notes? Two characters retire, and then <laughs> every other character either the game has died or they have. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, do we have any more thoughts on that particular version of this? On uh, on uh, the mechanical. That yeah, guy. too much what? investment in the mechanical. What are the other parts? Oh, especially you. Oh, um, important thought. A lot of the time, the thing they're angry about is that they feel like they should have won because of all the math they did for their character. Um, right. Okay. And that, that, and that the game. De- that's actually important. They yeah. deserve this progression. Yeah, like I wrote the best character. How did I die? Um, because you, a different number between one and twenty showed up. Yeah. And it can be something as simple as you rolled a two. Yeah. Not even you rolled a one. Because that shouldn't be an instant punishment. In my brain, somebody, somebody a t- rolled a crit on you. Yeah. In my brain, rolling a three is somehow worse than yes. rolling less than that. Because at least one and two is funny. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Rolling like a six is the worst. <laughs> because that is just flat incompetency. You didn't fuck up or like a horrible, catastrophic thing. You just did it bad. See, my issue with rolling a six is that... Uh... This is out of 20 for the record. We're going off that one right now. Yeah. Guess if it's a deep percentile and you rolled a six, fucking good job, sir. You nailed it. Um, yeah, yo, oh, yeah. Most of them want to go low. Anyway, yeah. Um, there are uh, a lot of games that kind of scale difficulty with level on a lot of things, and there are a lot of games that um, basically you have to roll high or you can't do whatever. But I, I feel like people who are competent at something should be able to do it, even if they're not feeling great. Which is why I appreciate games. I appreciate uh, this about Five E that they've like banded AC and or armor class, or uh, which is the thing you roll to hit in Dungeons and Dragons and many other games. I think most people listening to this know what AC is. You never know, man. If you were saying that go, I'd want you to give an explanation. Yeah. What if what if they've only ever played Call of Cthulhu? I guess. But I mean, more power anyways. to them. That's rad. But with yeah. the uh, never mind. Anyways. um... If uh, they banned the armor class, so the armor class for a, a goblin, or the armor class for like a like a higher level enemy that's mostly just a giant HP or like a health sink uh, for stabbing a whole bunch, will still be like eleven. So you'll have a fairly high, fairly powerful fighter who rolls like a six, and they get like a fourteen, and that's high enough. They still stab the thing. Yeah, it wasn't a great swing. They're not going to tell their kids about it, but they did a good job. Uh, uh, you, you guys may have guessed this, but I don't love that system. 
But look, you want to go out there with your like giant plus eight broadsword of fuck you against like a dragon with a thirty seven AC. I I know what I want is I want to feel outclassed in a situation where I should be outclassed. I well like taking chip like doing chip damage to the ogre is fun and makes people feel good in their heart and maybe their dong. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> different episode for for me that's not what I I don't feel any sense of accomplishment for doing that kind of thing on a super strong enemy. That's just that's just me, but that's no, also that, that makes a lot of sense. I'm I'm mostly there with you because I'm still of the uh, like you should just you should either stack the odds in your favor to win a fight or run away. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like uh, you shouldn't just have bigger numbers. But that guy thinks so. I barely want to run combat in games, anyways. So like, I'd much rather if I could run a game that was just like puzzles and traps and role play and then like oh there's a combat make like a party combat check done lame well with the current group with the current group yes okay so i'm curious if this is connected to this one or if it would come up later but i also feel like a big part of this particular brand of that guy is gonna come from the perceived notion that they're the protagonist that is something we should touch on yes that is actually a very good question. I don't think this is the episode for it uh, to go into depth, but I think the idea of whether or not... Obviously, your player characters are heroes in their own mind, just like everyone else in reality. But uh, the question of whether or not they're the heroes of your setting, I think is something that you need to answer as the DM. Oh, no, I'm not even talking about them being the good guys or doing the heroic thing. I'm talking about in this particular party oh. of your three to six people that they are the main <coughs> character. Got it. So they should have the cool stuff, and it's bullshit that they're the ones getting hit all the time. Okay, yeah. No, that's a real problem. Yeah, and yeah, that really fits into the whole category of that guy. Um, yeah, it's just this enhanced feeling of... Importance. Yeah, I guess it's kind of ego at this point. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I should be cool. What the hell are the rest of y'all doing? Carry my things. My character's, I made the best, cool. yeah. my character's cooler than your character. I made him the best mechanically. I wrote the most paragraphs. I'm the most invested in this. So I should naturally be rewarded for my devotion to this character because he's just better. Did you read the part where he had to drink his dog's blood to get wizard powers? Did you read the part where his brother killed his entire village for sh- to prove how strong he was? Like, Ooh, that's going to be a final boss. <laughs> Did you even read the part where the women love him but he can never stay with them because of the curse put on him by an ancient Vistani? <laughs> Thanks, Ravenloft. You saved us. I don't get that. <laughs> Look, Ravenloft is a place that I've spent... So much time. More time than reality, depending on which period of my life you look at. Oh, yeah, here too. We tried to get you into it once. Yeah, but it required downloading 17 mods and using a server that was supported by ghosts. It, has it a doesn't now. now. I did see that, yeah. No, yeah. It's, in the, it's on the Steam Workshop, too. I guess. No, I like the launcher. Anyways, the launcher's adorable. They, that's, a, that's the D&D Away From The Table episode. We're going to get into that. Also, yes. they're not sponsoring us yet, so don't talk about it. I don't much. think I don't Ravenloft's going to sponsor us. I feel like... <laughs> you I feel have like, very little faith in us. Look, the correct amount of faith. Don't get me wrong. The server for this game lives in someone's closet. It got look, turned off by a cat once. Soren's cat <laughs> destroyed our world for three days. And everyone yeah. thought he was dead. Soren, you're not listening to this. But if you do... You're a beautiful human being. Thank you for keeping our world in your closet. <laughs> <laughs> You're a kind and generous god. 
And I am going to make an angry forum post about the 3.5-ization of the it's game. It's fine. <laughs> Shut up. No. So, um, are we... Okay. Are we so, that was mechanics. Uh, I've got a list here that says sex, murder, crime, genre blindness, and bad in general. <laughs> and I feel like the last one is the part where I make my uh, once-per-episode demand that the offenders be dragged into the street and shot in the mouth like dogs. But uh, <laughs> we'll What happened for... to the sack at the bottom of the ocean? No, that's for warlocks. And uh, dragonborn. And dragonborn. And drow. I think I had... Was that for drow? It was for drow. Okay, it was for drow too, yeah. Half drow is the way to go. You lose the light sensitivity. Half drow is uh, supported in the current Sword Coast Adventures game. Half drow, everybody. Make your Drizzt Dorden uh, fan insert a half drow and you're good. I mean, it's, what, 135 years in the future from when Drizzt Dorden was first written? You're Drizzt's uh, kid. Welcome to that guyism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't elves live forever? He'd probably still be doing sick backflips with his panther somewhere. He'd only live for like 700 years. <laughs> That's functionally... So this is like a decade. He's just like cool hot dad version now. Yeah, which is why he's your cool hot dad. <laughs> Welcome back to the conversation. You can't call your dad a hot dad. That's making it weird. Uh, Welcome to the conversation about that guy. <laughs> well, we're about to jump into the sex stuff. So that oh. was topical, and I wish I wasn't here. We've, so we're going to do a different podcast episode that maybe none of us show up to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where we discuss... We're just going to turn on an auto-blow 2 and put it next to the microphone and let it run for 45 You'll minutes. You'll receive three strongly worded letters about why we can't do this. <laughs> it's going to be just like fan runs in the background, as they keep uh, saying on that other podcast that's way more popular than ours. Um, <laughs> it just goes until the dog knocks over the microphone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sherlock smashes the table, hoping that there's some kind of fun up there. <laughs> We got a crate, by the way, so we're going to put uh, our monstrous dog in that and take a small dog who actually likes your dog over to visit your dog sometimes. Hey, hey. Yeah, he will like that. Um, but sex so. stuff. Hey guys, Robert here with Matt and Alex. We're about to say a bunch of stuff about uh, people being weird and horny in games, and I realized listening back to it, the most important thing when this kind of stuff happens is consent. If it's going to come up, and even if it happens in the moment... Make sure, before it happens, that everyone at the table gives consent for what's about to happen. Because, like, I know I'm, don't, I personally don't like to talk about sex stuff in a public space. So that would make me very uncomfortable, which is why I started thinking about consent with this topic and with these types of players. Uh, so if you don't get it, shut it down. Um, is that shitty? No, because sometimes it makes people uncomfortable. Um, and just try and make it... If it's going to come up, just make sure everyone's okay because... This topic, for some people, can dredge up some really bad stuff. Uh, so yeah, uh, back to it. Uh, I hope I cut out the part about the Hobgoblin. I don't know if I will yet. Yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk about actually integrating sexual activity and tropes and what have you into your game at some point in the future. Because it can be done correctly, I feel. Yeah, Maybe. it's we are all legally adults and... We possess the capacity to talk about sexuality in a... Constructive and adult manner. Yeah, constructive and positive way. Don't invite the 11-year-old to that one. Do not invite the 11-year-old. In fact, do not... Um, you know what? Here's a good Here's a good tip. Uh, if anyone at the table is 15, don't say broodmare. What? Did that happen? Definitely don't say it 
with regard to like uh, like a separate player character. Did someone say that? Yes. No. On um, I don't know if this is in their defense, but uh, probably not. That's the whole point of this episode. No. Yeah. There's no. Uh, I put a. I kind of put a stop to that because it was grossing me the fuck out. I didn't like it. I feel like that. He did it once, and then I was like, well, that was gross, and then he did it again, and I went, and then, no, you're done. I'm sorry, you're done. You, you said it once. That was like a shock value thing. That was fun. You got like a weird reaction. I didn't like it, but whatever. You're done now. And Joke's then you, over. then you stun gun headbutted him away from the table and carried on. Man, now, I considered it. And here's the fun reversal. How would you make something like this work, then? Because uh, this is exactly what we're dealing with. The word broodmare or just sexuality? Well, they're going to try doing this, so... All right. Um, I wish I was dead. Well, uh, Fade to Black is always the, the best one. The preferred. The most important part of sexuality for a role-playing game usually is attraction and or seduction. Which can... Yeah. I mean, that is a, that is a legitimate means to an end in a role-playing game for certain character archetypes. In fact, that's a skill in some role-playing games, uh, which... You will see that as a joke in older role-playing game literature, but it is real. Yeah, and it's here to stay. Uh, Yeah, now we just make generic charisma checks and hope for the best. To be fair, the Battletech RPG specifically says that seduction is just getting members uh, or getting members of the opposite sex or just getting people who might be attracted to you to like you long enough for you to commit a crime to them. So it's diplomacy with added sexism? Yes, he huh. did say someone. He, nah, yeah. uh, it's compatible sexualities. There you go. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, okay. It's diplomacy with. Um... D- it's a special diplomacy that only works on people who want to bone down. <laughs> that's yeah. That, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, all of those parts, whether they're whether you're seducing uh, the princess for shits and giggles, or seducing the guard to let you out of the the cell, or your deepening a relationship with an npc all of those the important aspects of that can be handled without in any way graphically describing sexual activity right and you can even be played for laughs but it should always be directed away from other players and a healthy like kind of man oh that's definitely true don't yeah, yeah do, do not do this to other players yeah, yeah. Ooh, okay blanket, blanket statement. statement do not try to fuck another pc didn't you didn't you describe something similar to that happening in one of the games that you ran um, I think you mentioned on the Discord. Um, something about someone's ex or something. Yes. No. Uh, the the DMs or the GM's ex storytellers. Ex? We're playing Shadowrun. The storytellers ex was like getting into graphic descriptions of them seducing just a random NPC, which was directed at the like the keeper, the edge runner, the whoever the fuck, whatever you call it in Shadowrun. Uh, and I had to slam the table and go, no, we fade to black. She already made her test. She is good. The like DM was like, I don't want to cut her off because she's actually role-playing, but I'm incredibly uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, this and that's the, the headline there, is that she's... I'd te- walk that out of my mind. Thank yeah, you kindly. She's technically doing a good job. Yeah, but, she's describing the scene. But if it's making someone at the table, no matter who it is, uncomfortable, it that should be stopped. Yeah, I you, feel like you, this comes up every single episode. This is still an entertainment thing. Yeah. So please make sure you and everyone around you is having fun. If it's making someone uncomfortable, it needs to be stopped, and you need to have a conversation. And even it. if someone looks... If it's... Oh, if, I was going to say, if it... 
you can end up in a situation where one person is uncomfortable and maybe they're not the right fit for your game or everyone's uncomfortable and this person might not be the right fit for your game. But it's something and, that you need to stop if it's making someone uncomfortable. And when you do take your Robert or the GM screen mandated mid-session break, if someone is We're feeling so a little weird, um, do a temperature check with them. It might be that they're open to the idea of sexy stuff in the game, but that particular subject makes them feel uncomfortable. Whether their hang-up is problematic or not is something you have to deal with on your own. Yeah. But I think, like, don't, you know, may, like, just don't, just check in with that person or people. Unless it's everyone, in which case, just be like, dude, stop. And don't don't be afraid to take a player, whether it's the the affecting or affected player aside, even during the game, just pause for five minutes, pull them outside and say, hey, are you comfortable with this? Or, hey, can you stop? Can you not, please? Cause, yeah, because I, yeah. I guarantee they'll feel less embarrassed about being pulled aside than they will uh, uncomfortable about having to sit through whatever is messing yes. up real bad. Now, one thing that's coming up here is that, well, this is clearly like an issue of tone. You have to make sure that everyone in the game is on the same thing here. Could this also just be an issue of excessive descriptions? Because, like, we're talking yes, about... The... Yeah, because, like, with the fade to black idea, where you just cut off before we have to hear about that... Uh... We're just gonna yeah. pause. With the fade to black idea. Yeah, we'll, we'll just come back. No, hang on. I don't remember what the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh, just the issue of excessive descriptions. Right, obsessive descriptions is where we were. Right, because while it could be an issue with the tone of it overall, obviously you have to make sure everyone's on the same page... A lot of the issue here might just be you're just getting far too descriptive with it. Because the idea with the fade to black idea of it is that you're still doing the same thing. Right, but there's but, a... But we don't have to hear about it. Right. Like, so... let you have your own ideas for it, and then we will just continue to the part of the game where we don't have to think about because stuff. Because there's a massive difference between saying fade to black and using the phrase with balls in one hand and... What's in the other one? <laughs> Right? But you, they're essentially the same thing, but fade to black, or I roll seduce, okay, you succeeded. Okay, we're going to fade to black here is a lot more comfortable for your average person than what I said previously. Yeah, and the thing there is that I feel like this would hold up for basically anything. Like, it's not yeah. even a sexual thing. Like, it if there's a, a fight, thing. and you, yeah, if you kill if the guy, and then you're going into your third minute of describing the stuff leaking out of his skull cavity. Or even just, like, uh, you know, the third paragraph of describing your katana blade slicing through the air. Yeah. yeah. Or as you just continue on talking about the various pleats on your tunic. <laughs> Ruffled in the breeze. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think that is a that is a... That can be one of the core issues here. And just have to be like, hey, do you know, guy or girl, because it can be either. We don't want to see you just jerk it at the table. Please don't. We've kind of come back around to uh, seeing themselves as the protagonist of the story again. Yeah, Yeah. like, they have to keep discussing, because as long as they're talking, it's about them. They're the most important. And in their mind, they do the best job of describing their character, so, again, they're the protagonist. Well, yeah, all you said was, I hit him with a club. What am I supposed to do to that? And, yeah, it's like... Definitely not jerk it, but anyway... (laughs) I feel like I just want to see if you're going to keep that in. Yeah, I'm going to keep that in. I feel like there's a question uh, as to at what point the player describes their action and what point the dungeon master describes their action or the you know GM whatever. Right. Hmm. As discussed, we're going to say DM forever because 
the two ERs That's people. That's what we say. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, I was just going to call the show the DM screen, but I think there's copyright issues with that. Maybe. Yeah. But it's like, um, yeah, so the DM can describe some things, but I think a touchdown for anyone that listens to Dungeon Dragon podcast is going to be the critical role thing. Uh, yeah. When you finish an important enemy, how how you know how are you going to do this? Is that where that comes from? Yes. Okay, because I've seen that a lot. People have been doing that a lot at like Adventures League yeah. and shit, where they're just like, "All right, you got the final blow. How do you want to do this?" Yeah, and, like, and everyone's like, "Ah." Yeah, that's a Matt Mercer thing. Yeah, it's a Matt okay. Mercer thing. I think it's a it's a that's fun cute. it's a fun cute tool, but at the same time, if your players are going into like a three minute description of him gripping his entrails and screaming for his mother. Maybe don't let him do that no more. I prefer the uh, the player GM collaboration of like I'm gonna try to slip it under his guard and stab him in the guts. Roll. Yeah. All right, you hit and you like stabbed him in the guts and then the blood splurts out and he falls down and dies. Yeah, but then you right. feel really lame if it didn't kill them. Is the thing? Why not? Uh, no, I try to stab him in the guts. Okay, well you. Uh... Get like, him. you got past his guard, but you only managed to nick him. Well, no, that's going to happen regardless. The how-does-this-go-down idea is... That's so you get, Yeah, you get the finishing touch. You won, so you get the fun job of you explaining got, the yeah. kick-ass finishing move. You, you got the hit confirm. Unleash your final it. smash. Go yes. for it. I guess if you're playing Mortal Kombat, the Dungeons & Dragons game. <laughs> Why is that not a thing? Isn't there one? Is there not? Yeah, there's at least one, like, fighting game-based... Oh, I mean, there's Way of the Fighter, for sure. Right. It's, it's card-based. It seems kind of cool. You can, like, you have to, like, draw combos. It's it's fun. But, uh, but I mean, like, I just thing. want a traditional D20 system set in Outworld. All right, done. Uh, so... D20... D20 Modern Apocalypse? No, see, that's no. the problem, is that Mortal Kombat is just some kid's tub of action figures the game. I think D20 Modern is the correct choice there. Because, yeah, because if I remember correctly, I had a character who just like spent a bunch of action points to survive being shot to death. <laughs> well, yeah, because it goes everywhere. Like, here are ninjas and wizards and soldiers and a cop and a centaur. D20 Modern. Yeah, some fucking yeah. robots. It's great, and I love it, and everyone just does kung fu. I could give you the... Uh, I could give you the supplement book for each of those all that aside i think we've moved past the sex and graphic depictions that guy or is, we're gonna keep saying we did so we can stop which is to say if it happens rain it in if it's endemic talk to them if it's non-stop consider i don't say staging an intervention mm-hmm. but consider if that person is a good fit for your group so i had sex and i had murder and i feel like murder is covered under graphic descriptions because yes. It's kind of a kind of covered under graphic descriptions and under murder hobo because right. um, it's definitely uh, a case of the player thinking the game is about them. Um, but I think we can kind of uh, transition over into the other thing that causes uh, that guyism, which is like genre. Actually, you have something written here. I want to touch on real quick. Hit me. It says crime. Yeah, and I did just have that conversation with my coworker. Where he was suffering through a that guy who was a lady who played a chaotic evil rogue. Oh my god! And yes, they played a chaotic evil rogue. Dragged into the street and shot without trial. Go on. Who was suffering from the same idea? I think uh, from our conversation that they were more important than everyone else. So they went out of their way to steal from the rest of the party, to steal from whoever they were interacting with at a given time, shake down random shopkeepers commit breaking and entering at various points to which the have an, the his dm did have an interesting 
uh, response to the last one. But he got fed up with it and decided that one of the people she she broke down a door and tried to shake down an old lady for no reason. And it was kind of a like an ass pull, but he decided the old lady was like it was like a powerful like wizard or a lich or something. I, I love those characters. Mm-hmm. And the consequence was not that that character, her, the offending rogue, died, but the lich did put a curse on her that caused her hands to glow red every time she tried to steal something, <laughs> which is really, really elegant. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's dope. Because it's 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 a it's a mechanical but not strictly mechanical punishment. So if they are this particular brand of that guy, they might actually be slightly okay with that because now their character has advanced and it's something dark and brooding, actually right. very bright. That they have to deal with, but it was... well, uh, if they're if they're like a terminal stage, that guy, they're going to be very upset that there's a consequence uh, to their character that in some way impacts their uh, build or story. But if they think it's funny and try to find a way to make enchanted gloves to deal with that, that's kind of fun. Yeah, and congratulations, you're turning them back into a player. Yeah, but no, that's that's, that's the uh, crucible, the turning point. Yes, at the very least, into an edge lord, and we can live with those. We can live with edge lords. But I did, I did want to bring up the crime thing because that is something that happens, mm-hmm. and it does. will segue us nicely into genre. It is yeah. a very similar idea because what happened there is that okay, yes, we had our pull it out into the street idea there. But you can have an evil campaign. The main issue here is that you can't just write a character... Okay, you can just write a character, but you have to make sure it makes sense. Right. I play an evil character right now in Matt's current campaign. Oh, you too? Which one of yours is evil? Uh, my rogue. I, oh, that's fair. Yeah, I pushed a child on the side of stairs. Yeah, um, my, uh, the orc archer dude is actually lawful evil. It just fits. He Mine's yeah. neutral evil, but I... mean, I, he's, a, he's a pirate. It's just whatever. But I only, the thing about it is I only resorted to the truly evil act of pushing a child down a flight of stairs when I felt, whether or not it was true, I had no other options. Yeah. Yeah, pragmatic evil. Your neutral evil character is professional. (laughs) The lawful evil character is principled. Yeah, he business. Chaotic evil is so hard to run properly. I feel like the chaotic class deserves its own episode. So we overshot... The genre, and we'll get back to it. And we landed on my one of my last points, which is that's what my character would do. Mm. Uh, and I feel like an important thing we need to talk about is people using their backstory to justify actions that are yeah. bullshit. Yep. No, my character is evil, so this is what he would do. It's it's important to remember as a DM and as a player that your character exists in what is ostensibly a world, and they've had to exist in that world forever their entire life uh i've met plenty of people who are like oh my character hates halflings so i'm gonna roll on this dice and if it's like a 16 or lower he's gonna attack that halfling and i'm like your character what is like an assault man and he would go to jail yeah you did crime times this is crime time life right yeah any any character who anyone who falls back on that's what my character would do is suspect if they have actual justification, like I've played with people who, and this is actually good, whose characters have made choices that are not optimal because their character, that is yeah. what their character would do. They've picked up the cursed gold or they've uh, asked the stupid question or something like that because their character has an established character and that's, uh, you know, who they are as a person. They're like, I, I don't. I fully believe that this gold is cursed and sure. I want it because there's a lot of it and I'll be rich forever. So, yoink. Oh, or, no, ghosts. Or, or even the idea of, like, well, if I'm this rich, why do I care about a curse? Yeah. Or um, my rogue mouthed off to a local lord because he was an inner city. 
Yeah, an inner city rogue who didn't really... He's some chump from one of the free cities. Yeah, he's a chump from a free city, so he didn't think twice about mouthing off to a lord who almost got him killed, and got he got us fired and whipped. Yeah. Like... Or, in my most recent one, um, my like super brave cleric, who's actually just a professional actor, keeps charging at people headlong into battle because that's what the cool hero does. Ow, all of my limbs fell off. Have we done a have we done an episode about how you should cherish players who move the plot along? Because if so, we need to. They've been mentioned for sure. Okay, but the point is, if your if your justification is compelling and actually, if they're that's what my character could do is actually something compelling that you've discussed beforehand and is something that actually fits. If you don't, if it's not, that's what my character would do. If it's my character makes this choice and usually makes this choice for these reasons, then you're probably in the clear. So, if it's I wanted to do this thing, that's what my character would do. You're a jackass. So you would rather it be a decision rather than an excuse. Yes. Right. That's exactly what the, the delineation between the two is there. Yeah. And I feel like that's a lot of that guyism, which is just they do something that they thought was cool or funny, and then there's a very long-winded train of defending it. Corollary, uh, if at any point you say, or your player says, I'm going to unbidden by you, unbidden by the rules, says, I'm going to roll randomly on this table to see what my character does, shot without trial. That's so bad, you should explain to them why they shouldn't do that. Also, that's a crime. Please stop shooting your players. You're not the boss of me. No, but the law is. Most of them have survived. (laughs) Anyways... Why don't we? I feel like that was a fairly concise one we can touch yeah. on because that's what my character could do would do is pretty binary. Yeah. Alex laid it out the best, I think. Yeah, make it a decision, not, not a justification. Right. So now let's go back to genre blindness. The character who is, or this is not genre blindness. That's something else. Um, the character who is arguably an interesting character, but definitely shouldn't be in this campaign. I mean, that does go back to the chaotic evil rogue idea from earlier. Where it's, no, this is a totally fine character. Why is she hanging out with these people? Well, it's, I mean, it yes, but it's much broader than that. Because obviously the thing we think about is like a superhero campaign where somebody rolls up as double Punisher. Or like, uh, <laughs> we're the noble heroes of the land. It's me, the paladin, and my friend, the cleric, and our wizened companion, the wizard, and murder rapist. Uh, well, someone has to go check for traps. Yes, yeah, but... Everyone but, that has fine trap is a horrible, thieving murderer. This has a, a disproportionate like amount of people who want to play an edgelord character. Mm-hmm. To quote someone, when I was trying to put together a, a game at my work, I'm still working on it, I was talking to several people individually about, hey, you guys are interested in D&D, you know, what kind of character do you want to play, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, oh, I like to do this, oh, I like to do that. Uh, and then one character goes like, I always play characters that don't give a fuck about the rest of the party. I was like, you're out, buddy, because you don't fit the tone. The whole, that, that whole idea does lean towards the edgelord, mm-hmm. the spectrum of players, which is to not say that's bad, but yeah. it tends to... You don't... You can be a character who who is uh, tonally inconsistent. Uh, there's a comic I quite love called uh, In the Shadow of Dragons, where the he- it's a D&D comic, and the heroes are like four noble heroes... Uh, and the rogue that they let out of prison because he's the only person that they think could probably sneak into the dragon's lair. Right. And they, like, gave his... I think maybe don't actually do this, but they, like, gave his magical leash to the paladin and were like, all right, so you're on probation. 
and we're going to drop the charges against you if you do this thing. So if you can manage, like, lovable rogue, uh, who's still functional, you're probably going to be all right. This and if is... you have, like, a tortured past, you can still pull this off. But don't don't make the... Don't make the actual gameplay totally inconsistent. This it, is a this is a learned skill, and this is something I want to say to players out there: is to read the room. I think is something that's really important when you're making a new character. Because if I'm sitting at a table with Matt and Alex, and Alex makes his excitable cleric, and Matt makes a noble bright cleric, and I make spawn uh, <laughs> there's going to be some inconsistencies and that's not to say i can't make a chaotic evil even rogue or fighter or whatever but it should be taken within it should be made in context of the rest of the players and this as a dm is going to go back is going to come up a lot within our session zero episode um mm-hmm. because in session zero you set the tone you set the expectations I had, uh, I had three points, and one of them is very short, and I'm saving it for the end. Um, the well, first we're one, almost out of time. Yeah, yeah can so. this please be yeah. the end? I'm tired. I okay. know. <laughs> the, first, the first point is that uh, the, genre, the genre issues, they can happen to everyone, um, and they can happen... Uh, it's not just making edgelords. If, you make a, if you're playing an evil campaign, and you've got Blood Thor and Spikamol... What was the uh, one from last episode? Darkness Blood Tongue, I think it was? Sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you got those three guys, and that guy rolls up with uh, Jimmykins the Cupcake Fairy, and spends the entire time like mashing cupcakes against other people's faceplates, uh, he's not... He's still that guy, and he's still deliberately bringing down the tone of the session. And it still sucks. And it still sucks, and it's still making it worse for everybody else. So, it's not just... It's... Often edge lords, but it's not just edge lords. It's anybody who's trying to make the campaign about their funny joke. Um, second point: correlated to DMs because we're the ones who fall into this trap. Do not make a character that's just based on one joke that you thought was funny. It's not funny. Please don't do this to yourself. Never don't do funny. this to the party. Don't make the guy who doesn't believe in magic. Don't make uh, the guy who doesn't believe in laws. Don't make like the guy who only speaks backwards because you thought that would be an amusing character. These are all things that would be funny for 20 seconds in an NPC. Do not make a character that does this. Because they can go back and visit that person and you'll have to keep doing it. Yeah. Well, no. It's still fun for an NPC. Do not make a player character. Ah. Do not, when you're playing, yeah. do not be that person. Uh, and third one is sorry because it's not going great. Uh, playing this Saturday. Uh, shut up. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I think we all are, which means that y'all have the privilege of not having to listen to us anymore. Yeah. Yeah. My last point is just people who are bad in general, and if they're uh, shitty human beings, don't spend time with them. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> Fuck it. I usually take a stance against Matt's hardline stance in these kind of things. No, it's a good one. But we have only so much time on this earth. And that makes me stay awake at night and maybe drink a little too much, but it's true. <laughs> and fuck them. Yeah. If someone's just bad and if they're making people feel uncomfortable and they're unwilling to either reconcile the differences or change their behavior, at the very least, make an attempt at being part of this social structure, fuck them. Yeah, this is this not is... group therapy, okay? This it's is, a little group therapy. It's a little group therapy. But, but not is, at the cost of other people. This hey. is likely the only time you'll hear me say this. But if it gets to the point where everyone's uncomfortable and they won't change, you do whatever you have to do to change it. If that means not talking to them, if that means moving or burning down whatever 
My coworker had to delete a Facebook page they used because one of these people was in their group. Jeeves. Do it because we're here to have fun. Like we always say, this is a hobby for fun. And if there's just anti-fun happening and they're belligerent and aggressive about it and unwilling to change, then they don't deserve to be invited to your imagination party. <laughs> Damn right. So in this specific scenario, you can split the party. But otherwise, we've been the GM screen. I'm Matt. I'm Alex. Robert. And otherwise, don't split the party. <laughs> <laughs>